My mind rebels at stagnation. Give me problems. Give me work. Give me the most abstruse cryptogram or the most intricate analysis, and I am in my own proper atmosphere. But I abhor the dull routine of existence. I crave for mental exaltation. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Right, hello and welcome to the Proper Atmosphere powered by Soul Performance Academy. I am your host, Dan Mickle, and the Proper Atmosphere is a weekly podcast, now also a video podcast, focused on answering your questions about mental performance, coaching, and lifelong learning. The Proper Atmosphere is sponsored by ICN Athletics. It's called Normal Athletics. ICN Athletics makes the extraordinary ordinary through adaptive beach volleyball. Everyone should have the opportunity to enjoy and excel at this sport. And ICN offers the programs and educations to make it normal for adaptive athletes to play on any court. Help them make beach volleyball court a place for everybody. For more information or to make a donation to the 501c3 organization, please visit icnathletics.com. Again, that is, it's called Normal Athletics. And thanks to Dave and John for their continued support of all my shows, my podcasts, my vlogs, my blogs, everything. It's great to have them on board. And let's just kick it off with talking about the elephant in the room. Those of you might notice little bit different sound, different format. We have decided to, and by we, I mean me, because it's really just me, but um, I've decided to, to take all my podcasts into the video format as well to open it up to greater audiences. And who knows, maybe sometimes there's something video-wise I'll want to use and can show and demonstrate. So, we are excited. I'm sure this will morph and change a little bit as we get used to doing both formats. But you can check us out on YouTube at 717Soul is the YouTube channel. And of course, you can pick up the podcast everywhere you listen, as mentioned before. Apple, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, all those great places. All right. So let's get into episode 20. The pressure to compete is killing me and our email this week comes from Jeff, a volleyball player in Virginia, who says, I feel like I work hard and do well in practice, but once I get into matches, the pressure to compete starts to crushing me. Any tips? Yeah, so performance anxiety is real, Jeff. Um, we think it's pretty easy just to say, oh, shake it off or do this, do that, but but it's actually a little bit more complex to this. And I know we've talked about this before in the past. Um, if you go back to previous episodes, but I'm going to try and hit some different points this time. But let's start with that beginning thing that I always preface is anything that I do when it comes to performance anxiety is we need to find out what the actual cause of that anxiety is. Because it can be the pressure not to fail your teammates, not to fail your coach, the pressure of your parents, the pressure of your school or tradition, um, or it could just be the self-pressure. But the reason we need to kind of figure that out and explore is because how we treat it or how we look at it is a little bit different each time. Um, I know in the past I've done, you know, a discussion about anxiety when it came to parents and when it came to teams, but I want to talk probably um, a little bit more about when it's performance anxiety, just the pressure you're putting on yourself, not necessarily you know, coming from another external source. 
And one of the things that we have to think about is we spend way too much money and time and resources trying to ignore it or block out those situations. And what I mean by that is instead of sitting there and saying, I'm not going to think about it, I'm not going to work on this, I'm not going to work on it. What we need to do is just accept it. We need to accept the fact that we're having that anxiety. We need to accept that we're having those challenges. Instead of spending all our energy and time and effort fighting it, we just need to, okay, there it is, and then try and move on from it. And, you know, what happens is it's that battle of, you know, don't think of the elephant, don't think of the elephant. And, of course, you end up thinking of the elephant. Anxiety is the same way when it comes to performance. We spend that whole time, you know, don't get anxious, don't get anxious, don't overthink it. And what happens? We end up getting anxious and overthinking. And we create, you know, this performance fog that we're in. And, you know, the crazy part is some people can actually perform really well in a performance fog. Um, There's, you know, obviously the flow state that you hear a lot of people talk about, but there's also a fog state where, You're just kind of going through the motions and it's not your best performance level, but it's also not your worst. You're not falling apart. You're just not doing the best. And I think we actually have a lot of people that perform in that area, but we tend to think of performance as either extreme or poor. And we don't think about so much that fog in the middle. And that's kind of what happens. So Jeff, how are we going to work on this with you to, to fix it and, and anyone else that's having this problem? And the hardest part and the very first thing that we have to do is we have to have an honest reflection. We have to honestly look at where we are and and what our skill level is and where we want to be. And the other thing that we have to remember is sometimes for us to be successful, we only need to be a seven. We don't have to be a 10. You know, it, it's great for being on the back of a t-shirt about giving 110%. But sometimes when we try and push so hard to do that 110%, we end up actually performing worse. So we need to know where our actual ultimate and, and, and key area of performance actually is. Now, that's not to say that's where we're going to end up. That's why we train. That's why we work. But we need to honestly say, this is where I'm at. If the top players in my state are a 10 and I'm comparing myself, I'm at a 7. So what I need to make sure is that when I'm going out or I'm preparing for a match or a game, I'm preparing to be the best seven I can be. I'm not trying to go and play out of my mind and be a 10 because that's just an area I'm not comfortable in yet. It would be great to be there, but a lot of times we're not. And too many times, a lot of our failures in performance is because we're trying to overperform where our actual mean or that, that, that level is that we typically perform at. And we start to make mistakes because we're pushing so hard to be better in competition and we need to push harder and make those mistakes in practice but we need to know realistically where our level is at when we're in competition and that's what we need to strive for so if i know i'm a seven i'm pushing to be a seven every time i play i'm not pushing to be an eight i'm not pushing to be a nine not pushing to be a ten i'm pushing to be the best of where i could possibly be right now, not where I'm going to be in the future. So that's the first part. We have to have that reflection and kind of look at, you know, where we're from. Next is how do we train for that stress in our practice sessions? A lot of times we feel like just adjusting the score maybe. 
oh, you're down by five and you got to come back and win. That's going to help with the pressure. But the truth of the matter is most of the stress and the anxiety and the pressure doesn't come from the score on the scoreboard. Sure, that contributes to it. But what actually does is that feeling of it slipping away. It's the 10 points before that where they're just chipping away and you're watching either your lead kind of shrink or you're watching a team pull away. That's the anxiety and stress that has more of an impact on you than physically where you're at at that moment for um, the game or the competition. So how do we train for that in the practice gym? And I think one of the great ways that we can do it, and you can pretty much do it in any sport, is we have to get used to the finality of things. You know, how many times has a coach said, okay, we're going to serve 10 balls and then practice is done? And they end up serving and serving, and the last serve is out. And the kid, you know, the, the player begs, like, hey, give me one more serve. I, don't, I can't end on a serve like that. Yeah, you can, because that's what can happen in a game. And we need to get used to that. We need to u- get used to the hunger of, okay, I can't do any more today. I got to come back tomorrow and maybe serve better. As opposed to just constantly giving them one more try, one more try, one more try. Now, that is different than when we're trying to learn a skill. Like when you have the young ones and you're trying to teach them how to serve and they're not getting it over the net. You're like, okay, give it another try. That's completely different than what I'm talking about. I'm specifically talking about trying to get the best out of our performance. And certainly at the higher levels, once we have the skill acquisition, we need to learn ways to put that pressure on. Blow calls as a ref. You know, ask your coach. Make up calls. It stinks, but that's what happens in a game, and that's what's going to give you anxiety in the game, right? Um, so that's another way to do it. Just have the coach, you know, make these errand calls or call you for a violation that really isn't there, but that, again, is what happens in the game. So when it does happen in the game, you're prepared for it. That doesn't mean it's not going to be any less upsetting. It just means that you're going to know how to handle it. It's not a shock to you that it happened. You can figure it out. You know, we see all the, like the pro football teams, about the atmosphere and the environment, pumping in external noise, right? Um, crowd noise and lights and sounds. And those are all great, but again, you don't have the same skin on line in practice that you have in a game. The pressure to win because it affects your standing or your score isn't the same as just playing on the road. Um, and, and simulating playing on the road, you know, throwing that crowd noise in. So again, we have to combine some of those elements to get that competition. So instead of just doing the crowd noise in the fans, maybe you split your team up and you make the game worth something. You know, if your team is the losers, then you have to tear down or put things away or you have to wash the uniforms. Put some sort of consequence that puts some value on winning in that situation. Again, it's not going to be the same level because winning a match in real competition versus a scrimmage or in practice, you know, isn't going on the same field, but it's as close as we can get. But we have to learn how to start putting pressure in that. All right. And again, the one thing that we have to be really careful about from a coaching standpoint, and, and as a player, you can kind of help direct this is We don't want to be so quick to pull the trigger. Like if we're in practice and a player is messing up and they mess up once and they hop out, you get really upset because you messed up. Like, just don't set me or don't pass me the ball. I don't want it. That can't happen in a game, right? Obviously the coach can sub you, but there's a limit of subs. There's a lot of considerations with that. So you need to learn how to bounce back. 
So force yourself to take that next shot. Ask for the ball. Ask for the set. Ask for the help from your teammates. Hey, when I mess up, send it to me again because I want to make good on it. That way when it happens in a game, you're not, you know, trigger shy and you're afraid to shoot the ball. Or you're not, you're afraid to serve or you're afraid to take that full swing in volleyball, right, Jeff? Because you've you've missed the previous one. If you condition yourself in practice, okay, I missed that serve or I missed that swing, set me another ball because I'm going to kill it down the line. When it happens in the game, instead of shying away, don't set me, don't set me, you'll be asking your setter to send you the ball to make up for it. So you have to look for those moments in practice where you can emulate what you want to do in a game instead of shying away from it. And of course, my next tip, it wouldn't be me if I didn't talk about journaling. Again, journaling is so key for the mental game. It's probably the the most important mental skill that we can do. And the reason I say this is because a lot of times the anxiety that we have in a game is this critic in our head telling us that we're not good enough. We can't do this. If you journal and write every practice, this is what you worked on. This is how I improved. This is how I'm feeling. You can fight that critic. You can say, okay, listen, I get it. You're telling me I'm not good enough, but I have proof that I am good enough because this is how I performed all week in practice. This is what I worked on. This is how well I played in our last game or our last match. And the journaling is the way for you to go back and reflect on that and see your growth. And when we feel like we're growing, we're going to perform better. Right? If you learn a new skill and you go out and try it right away, you're not going to be as comfortable. What if it's on a competition? Right? It's going to be pretty scary. But if you work on it and build up in practice, then you're going to be more comfortable. The problem is, while we work on the skill and getting better at the skill, we don't take into effect and, and, and really think about how it affects our brain and our mental game. Okay, we learned the skill, but do we feel proficient in it? And again, the journaling is a way for us to go back and say, this is how hard I've worked on this skill. Sure, I'm not where I'm going to be, but I've worked really hard and I deserve this chance and I can do this because the last five days of practice showed me that. And it's not as generic as just saying, oh yeah, I had good practices. You're being very specific about, hey, I hit really well during our scrimmage or I learned to do a four to four cut shot in volleyball and I've been working on that. So when it comes to it in the game and you go for that shot, your brain will say, yeah, we got this because we've worked on it. But the brain's going to remember that because you wrote it down and you journaled about it and you reflected on it. And that, that comes up to the last point I want to talk about is we have to have reflection. We're going to have those moments of anxiety. And what we can't do is just push it off as, yeah, I, got, I had nerves or I have anxiety. We need to seriously sit back and think and reflect. Why did I get anxiety in that moment? What about that moment in the game put all that pressure on me? Was it because the game was on the line? Was it because my parents were in the stands? Um, but if we just brush it off as, oh yeah, I just didn't play well, and we don't think about it, we're not going to grow or learn for that. So we need to really take the time and have reflection and look at how the anxiety crept in and how it affected us. And then we can begin to work on it through mindfulness and stillness and, you know, other techniques we can, we can really begin to work on it and, and, and figure out how to do it. But if we don't take the time to reflect and look at it, then we're not learning because we can't have learning and growth without reflection. We have to look back. And too many times when we have an anxious moment, we're scared. We're afraid that we're going to go back into that anxiety attack or that, you know, kind of like that panic attack or that panic mode because we're thinking about it. But we have to go back and look and think about it.
So how do we wrap this all up, right? Nerves can be good. Pressure can be good. Pressure is going to force us to work harder. It's going to force us to focus harder. And over time, we will get better at it. The key is we have to make sure that we're putting ourselves in pressure situations. If your coach isn't do it, then you do it for yourself. I want to make this many shots, you know, five out of 10. Or I'm not getting ice cream tonight after dinner. You know, put pressure on yourself if it's not being put on you by your coach or your teammates or your situation. Because you need to get used to how to handle that pressure. Okay? The other thing we have to remember is you need to be the top performer of where you are now, not where you're going to be. Again, look at where I'm at. If, if the best players that I play against are 10s, I'm a 7. I need to be the best 7 every night. And when I'm in the practice gym, I'm going to work to become the best 8, the best 9, and eventually the best 10. But for now, I'm going out and push myself to be the best 7 where I'm at. When we're in a huddle and the coach is telling us, I need everyone to give more, you know, we need to, and they're going to say 110%. That doesn't mean I have to give 110% more because pushing that hard can push you out of your comfort zone and out of your boundaries. You might actually slip backwards and have a little bit of degradation of, of your skill because you're pushing too hard out of your comfort zone. So maybe you're like, okay, I can give 5% more, 10% more. And if everyone on the team is giving one, five, you know, wow, 10% more, boom, the whole team's going to be better. But it doesn't always have to be on you. So play at your level and think about what you know. What's your highest peak and still be at your highest level where you currently are, not where you eventually want to be. Monitor your progress. Journal. Figure out what you're doing well, what you're struggling with. Talk it all out in your journal. That's what's going to help you. The confusion, the fog, that's what brings on more anxiety. The more clarity that we get, the less anxiety that we're going to have. So know where you're at. Create your own personal cauldron. Score your own drills. If you guys are just doing a scrimmage and the coach just wants you to play, in your head, say, okay, I need to hit three out of five of these. And hold yourself accountable for that. Don't just go in there and play, say, I'm going to play my best game. Go into every practice, even every match with your goal. I need to shoot this. I need to hit this. Even if your coach isn't doing it for it, you can self-cauldron, self-scorecard, whatever you want to call it. But hold yourself accountable and that's going to help you with the anxiety because it's going to let you know where you're at, how you can work on it, and if you're getting better and if you can do it. And it's going to help calm that critic in your mind. And again, journal and reflect. Make sure you're taking time to reflect on all your practices, especially all your matches, and as soon as possible. If you can journal right after your practice or right after your game, that's going to help you out a lot. So take the time to reflect and journal. All right, Jeff, I hope this helps you out with your anxiety. Again, anxiety is such a big topic, and, and we talk about it a lot on this podcast. So make sure you go back and listen to some of the other episodes about it. But I appreciate you reaching out. And for everyone else, a reminder, you can reach out directly. Podcast at properatmosphere.com is our email. At Real Dan Mickle across all social media is the best way to get a hold of me. And share, like, spread the word of this podcast. And let's continue to get more uh, more great conversations. And, and hopefully I can answer more questions. But keep sending me those questions. I love it. Uh, comment on this video. Share this video. Subscribe to the new YouTube channel with all the videos. And, and let's get this going. But peace. Much love. Remember, one day or day one, it is your choice. Don't suck. And we'll see you back here 
next week with the next episode of The Proper Atmosphere. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Proper Atmosphere, hosted by Dan Mickle and presented by Soul Performance Academy. Please send all your questions, comments, or inquiries to podcast at properatmosphere.com or reach out to us across all social media at 717soul. We look forward to answering your questions in future episodes. And remember, you can listen to The Proper Atmosphere on any popular podcast service such as Google Play, iTunes, Pandora, and Spotify. Thank you and have a great day.